Welcome to Thoughts on the Social World, socialworldpodcast.com, sponsored by David Niven Associates. Your host is Dave Niven. Hello, welcome to Podcast 19. I'm Dave Niven and this is uh, the Social World Podcast and you can find it on the website socialworldpodcast.com. Just before we talk about what's happening today, I'd just like to give a couple of shout outs as usual to uh, Unknown Social Worker UK, who's written saying that they listen regularly. Thanks very much. And Sophie Dishman, uh, another first time listener. So hello, Sophie. Thanks very much indeed for listening. And uh, all the other listeners out there, my thanks to you as well. Today, we're going to talk to Lynn Romeo, who's the Chief Social Worker for Adults in England. And... Uh, that does turn out to be a terrific interview. Following that, uh, I'd like to play you a BBC interview that I gave recently on Sir Martin Naley's uh, recommendations for social work education. So it's quite a packed programme, but as usual, I'd love your feedback. And uh, remember SpeakPipe, which is the one-click service beside all the blogs and on the podcasts that we do. And uh, just leave your thoughts. And thanks ever so much. Leave your reviews on iTunes, anywhere else, by that, for that matter, that you come across the, the podcast. And uh, enjoy it. Welcome, everybody. Today I'm joined by Lynn Romeo, Chief Social Worker for Adults, who's been in post now for a, a grand five months. So obviously he's got everything sorted by now. Um, Lynn was Assistant Director for Adults in the Borough of Camden before and previously an inspector with the Social Services Inspectorate, working in Yorkshire for over 20 years as a field social worker and has had a variety of management roles with children and adults, so she's obviously got a broad understanding of the whole spectrum. Welcome Lynn, nice of you to join us, thank you. Thank you, thank you, it's good to be here. Now you've been there for five months, as, as I said, I mean obviously you're still finding your way around some things but well I mean what sort of challenges have you identified since you've been there? I think the three key challenges I've got are firstly ensuring that somehow I can reposition or refocus adult uh, social work with adults as a, a, a core contribution to improving outcomes for people and their carers and I think one of the problems we have is that most of the attention gets drawn to children's social work, particularly around uh, child protection work and children in care and their outcomes. So for me, it's really reminding or somehow repositioning that social work is a much broader profession than that. And that actually, for many years, social workers have been making a real difference to the range of uh, working aged and uh, older disabled adults who benefit enormously from social workers working with them and supporting them to get the best possible outcomes. Mm. I mean, other, sorry, go on. No, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, the other challenges I think are getting that balance around social work education and training and then the post-qualification continuing professional development that social workers should receive and ensuring that we keep a kind of single unified core profession whilst getting the right balance uh, of ensuring that those social workers who choose to go on and work in a particular area are as well prepared as they can be for those specialist agency settings. Um, I am absolutely committed to ensuring we sustain 
single profession, uh, not just because of what we need in England and the wider UK, but also internationally, a platform of it as an international profession and being able to apply those core knowledge and skills across a range of settings. Um, and I think thirdly, it's the whole thing about promoting and challenging uh, good social work practice out in the field, but also getting social workers to step up to the mark as a mature group of professionals who have to take responsibility for their own professional development, who have to be confident professionals and tell the story about social work and have to make a real contribution to the continuing to improve practice and evidence and understanding of what they do. Right, thanks. So they're three key challenges for me. Quite, and three quite substantial ones at that. Mm -hmm. um, you talked a little bit about the the image, if you like, of adult social work in, in the media as opposed to um, children. Everybody, a lot of the public anyway, seem to think that child protection is the only thing that social workers do. I mean, I would agree with you on that. There's so much work goes on with adult social workers day in, day out, dedicated people. I mean, it, do you think it gets terribly frustrating that their work doesn't seem to be recognised? Um, I think it is frustrating, but I think I think there's also a kind of ambivalence as well amongst social work professionals in adults, because I think we've had years of describing it as assessment and care management, um, so very processy, procedurally driven, mm. very much around rationing and gatekeeping of resources. And actually, we've lost that story about mainly what it's about is uh, a way of ensuring that we understand and appreciate who the person is, we get alongside them, we support them and enable them to, to identify what's possible for them to achieve the best outcomes and that quite complex work of balancing um, risk and aspiration and taking positive risks to really help or support people to live the lives that they want. That's what it's really all about, but it's kind of got drowned out by processes and assessments and care and support plans and, you know, meeting this target and that target. So I think kind of re, re, refreshing or revisioning that social work is about relationships with people, understanding and getting people and really then enabling and empowering them and supporting them as equals really often in adult work to get the outcomes they want. I think we've lost that story and we need to get back to it. So I think if we can do that and tell that story, then I think we're going to be more confident about telling the public and telling people who use services and other professionals, this is what we do. And actually it makes a fantastic difference to lots of people. Then mm. we were talking about the complexity and skill in forming relationships and how that's a core skill within the social worker core and, and people don't recognize just how important and difficult it is for social workers to do that and therefore how skillful they are. No, that's absolutely right and I guess that whole person context that social work is a relationship-based activity, that social workers are trained to view the individual in the round, in the context of their family and community and then to draw on evidence and insights from a wide range of social, psychological, economic, legal, health and justice disciplines, as well as their own social work and social care research, is what gives it its unique place in really working with often the most disadvantaged or vulnerable uh, citizens in our communities. So mm. I think um, that uh, 
ability of social workers to get the balance between the individual's well-being and that of their family and friends in order to ensure that the right sorts of support are in place is a pretty amazing job actually and I think it is undervalued and, and not really recognised for what it is a lot of the time. Now part of your role is to provide independent advice to ministers on social work reform and the contribution that social work um, and social workers have to policy. Um, are you getting a good reception from um, ministers and in government in general? Because it's such a wide landscape, isn't it? Yes, well, I have to say I was a bit apprehensive, but um, I've been pleasantly surprised. I've had a lot of support, line manager, the director general, in uh, getting traction within the department, but also a lot of support from the minister responsible, uh, Norman Lamb, who's very committed to social work and really does want to support and see the improvements um, put in place to support social workers and their practice. Uh, a lot of support was given to the Social Work Reform Board and now, as you will be aware, there are these uh, two social work reviews, one that's been published already by Sir Martin Neri and one that's uh, hopefully going to be published soon by Professor Croisdale Appleby and certainly the Minister has been very supportive and is looking at all the different options we have to try and improve social work and social work practice. Mm, Martin, so been, sorry. sorry, I was only going to say just to pick you up on something quickly, Martin Neri's report did touch upon something you mentioned there which was the, if you like, the um, separation after a while in training uh, of um, people that wanted to specialise with children, people that wanted to specialise with adults. Um, would you be you, you would be in favour of that? Would you? Well, I I am in favour to a certain extent. I think I think it's still one one qualification, and at the end of it, everybody's going to come out as a generic having a social work qualification. Um, I think there is something about accepting if people are clear that their intention is they want to work in the children's social care field. That we do need to ensure that they're as well prepared as they can be, but Having said that, all social workers need to have a sound enough uh, knowledge and skills in order to work with children and families because whatever setting you're in, you're going to come across people who live in families and where there will be children. So I think that very specialised concentration on what I guess is essentially this statutory function around children's mm. social work, that's where most of the workforce are going to come from to come into that field, so we need to ensure there's enough there. But I think my feeling is most of that consolidation is going to happen within the first year and the assessed and supported year of employment arrangements need to be very robust, mm -hmm. very consistent. And I think we need to have a much clearer post-qualification career pathway for children social workers so that we should have a PQ arrangement for more specialised work in those areas and where we can consolidate and build on research and evaluation and retain people in that practice because I think one of the issues is children social workers are there's a much higher turnover of children social workers mm -hmm. um, whereas on the adult uh, side people tend, tend to stay working in their social work jobs for much longer. Mm. Um, so, you know, there's an issue about stock and flow and I think um, the arrangements that are in place to support people once they're in practice are equally as important as what they learn on their qualifying course. Mm. 
yeah, 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 yeah. understood. Do you think that um, there's enough collaboration between the two disciplines? Because, for example, I'm always very aware of the fact that, take, for example, domestic violence and mental health issues are the two huge crossovers, if you like, between children and adult work, if you like. For me, they have been. And um, do you think there's enough joint training, joint collaboration, and joint understanding and time to sort of share between the two disciplines? I don't think there is, actually. I think we need to do a lot more on this area. And clearly, the biggest impact often on uh, children being at risk is their parents' uh, mental health issues or domestic violence issues or substance misuse issues. And um, social workers who are working with the children need to have a very good appreciation of those issues and need to work very closely with uh, social workers who may be um, better able to work with parents who have those sorts of challenges. So I think we do need to work uh, much more closely together to put, to have the family in mind and to work as uh, inter interdisciplinary professionals working to support families to get the best outcomes for their children. So I think it's always difficult, isn't it, getting that balance between mm. Yeah. Having people with enough specialist skills and knowledge to work with particular challenges and not being too siloed and continuing to work in a, a team, if you like, to make sure that the child and the family are at the centre of that and that we're doing the best we can to make uh, the best possible difference. Mm. A little bit you mentioned earlier too was the international aspect of, of um, social work. I mean, I, I've always wondered if people imported, if you like, enough into this country of good ideas from elsewhere. Do you, do you see it as part of your role to explore that a bit? Yes, I do actually, and I both my, I, I do work very close, closely with Isabel Trowler, my colleague who leads on children and family social work, and both of us are very information we can about what works internationally and how we can uh, use that to inform improving and challenging practice in this country. So I think that is very important. And I think one of the other important elements of that is social workers themselves being a bit more in tune with the knowledge and the mm. refreshing and updating of their knowledge and understanding of what works locally, but also internationally, having a sense of themselves as being part of an international profession, and that there's a range of research an academic inquiry into social work and social work practice that they need to try and keep on top of. Um, I know it's always difficult because people are very busy, but I think as with every other profession, people have to take time to think of themselves and um, improve their understanding in the time they have available to themselves as professionals. Mm. I know that ever since I started this program, I've done some investigation about other international social work podcasting. and. Um, it's amazing the wealth of information that's out there if you can find the time. I do appreciate the time is a very valuable commodity, but um, it's amazing what's out there, isn't it? It is, actually. And I, like you, I'm a bit surprised sometimes because I do have a Twitter account, although I've only, this is, that's all been part of this job, finding different ways to communicate. And I'm always surprised at how few social workers use Twitter as a way of getting access to lots of up-to-date knowledge and commentary about social work. Uh, quite a simple way, quite an easy way to do it, but still not enough engagement with those opportunities, I think.
Mm. Well, moving on to social media, obviously it's become an increasingly part of the landscape, both professionally and personally. Um, I mean, have you formed views yet about the value of um, social media to actually the service delivery in the future? And how there might be opportunities to, to do that effectively, if you like, using you know modern technology. Yes, I have actually. I think there is a lot of there's there are lots of possibilities, and I've had experience personally of the way in which using iPads and FaceTime can make such difference to older people who may be isolated or not in touch with their families in the way that they'd like to be and the difference that that can make to uh, reducing their isolation but also improving their sense of well-being and connectedness. So that's quite a simple thing to do and actually one of the easiest things for people who are not technologically savvy to pick up very quickly. Um, There's been lots of work done on trying to improve or give older people access to using IT and computers and where that's happened you can see the difference that it's made. But also lots of the um, telecare type arrangements now are making real differences to being able to sustain and support people in their own homes and reassure relatives. There's only much more of that is going to develop and you know in 10 years time I think we probably won't recognize what's possible. Uh, I think that Social workers actually using social media to engage with and communicate with the people they're working with uh, is something that we've we've only just begun to explore, and there's a lot more that can be done. I think social workers working with younger people are probably more in tune with that, but I guess we have to recognise that as people age, we're going to have uh, cohorts of people who are much more media savvy, and will have different expectations about how they relate to their social workers. I think uh, I hear behind what you're saying as well. I guess you wouldn't disagree with that. Um, that wherever possible, some more training should be offered to social workers if they can in terms of service delivery, because it could also be very cost-effective. Let's not beat about the bush in terms of actually um, keeping an eye on people and keeping connected with people and and keeping people aware of of things that are going on in their case um, without having to make um, long travelling visits. Yes, that's right. I mean, obviously, it's only a kind of uh, enhancement and a, a support. There's, there, there will still be a need for people to have relational face-to-face work with people. But I think that these sorts of things can really help and reduce the periods of time between which you're seeing somebody, which can often feel very frustrating. So I think just as we every day are keeping in touch with people we're close to through texting or FaceTiming or whatever it is mm. we do, um, equally, that, that sort of arrangement can be put in place for the the uh, people that we're working with professionally, um, which can make a real difference to people. They, you know, that kind of connection and knowing what's going on, being able to check things out, really, as you know, does make a big difference to people, rather than long periods of time where they feel they haven't heard from anybody and they don't know what's happening. Mm. It'll be interesting to see how that evolves, won't it? Um, I wondered about generally the the media in general and the image of social worker, social work and social workers in the media. I mean, uh, generally I suspect it's not been terrific um, and very frustrating sometimes, as both of us are probably well aware of uh, working over the years. Have you have you got a view on that and how we could possibly improve our image in the media? Yes, I think it is. It is unfortunate, actually, and I think you know, as it all as always is the case, there tends to be a focus on when things go wrong, and particularly some of the child protection 
tragedies that tends to kind of override everything whereas actually we do need to be able to find ways of telling the story about some of the fantastic work that social workers do and the difference that they make and all the different settings uh, within which they work. I think firstly I want and Isabel and I have talked a lot about this working with the um, trade media I guess community care the guardian the more sympathetic uh, side of the media to uh, continue to promote uh, social workers and what they do and their image and then trying to think about ways in which we can engage the wider media around this um, I think the care bill might uh, present some opportunities for that because that's there'll be a whole lot of com comms work or communication work about this change in social policy and the ways in which social workers will be part of implementing that and supporting mm -hmm. them. Yep. But also a lot of the work that that is involved around promoting well-being and a lot of the asset-based, strengths-based approach to earlier help or preventative help or communities uh, engaging with that uh, process as well. So. For me, there'll be quite a bit of work I want to do around that. And more recently, uh, some of the stuff that's coming up around mental health services and the role that social workers can play in really supporting people with mental health needs to get, uh, get a fairer go at getting the right sort of support as well. And that cuts across the age groups, actually, because you'll be aware recently there's some concern about younger people with mental health problems and how well they're being served by services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, I couldn't agree with you more, to be honest. I, I did some work recently training the new professional officers in the British Association of Social Workers and in media, did media training with them. And one thing I've definitely identified and talked about is the trying to encourage more, if you like, even basic grade social workers in, in their own localities to, to form relationships with the media and to for employers to begin to allow that more so that positive images can be streamed out instead of just reacting all the time to to negative images and having to manage reputations we ought to you know I, I wondered what you thought about that yeah no I think that's an excellent idea actually and um, any kind of opportunity where we can get some sort of positive coverage or some and I know it's difficult with the media because they always want some human interest <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I've had my own challenges trying to get some stories or um, lines going. Uh, and if you know, if we could find ways of getting a positive portrayal of social workers in some soap opera or even a, a series that concentrated on that, I think it could have a, an amazing difference in terms mm. of people's understanding and appreciation. Uh, but it's one of those areas where I think we're going to have to keep plugging away because I guess the the kind of key challenges that social workers are dealing with the very messy bits of life, aren't they? The kind of interpersonal relationships between people and where there are challenges or failures. And society, in a sense, gives us that responsibility to do it on their behalf and almost doesn't want to know sometimes. So we carry some of that with us. Yes, it's a, it's, a, it's a continuing debate that I've often wondered and had real discussions with people about why in this country, as opposed to all the Western industrialized uh, neighbors that we have, that social work has um, such a, 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 is a much lower respect, uh, you know, it's respected less than um, in other countries. I know when I have taken groups abroad representing this country, it, it's always been 
talked of as how we are regarded as a lesser profession here. And I, I really get frustrated about that, but hopefully we're beginning to climb up. Yes, I mean, I think it's partly to do with, in a lot of other countries, it's the investment in education is higher, isn't it? Most other places they do four years social work degrees. Um, in the States, they then do two-year master's degrees after that often to mm. get into the higher level type social work jobs. Um, whereas I think the focus here has been on social workers going straight into local authority statutory work. Um, whereas in many other countries, they do a lot broader type social work jobs. Mm. I don't know if that's your experience. Oh yes, it is. I mean, Martin Neri also touched upon the entry requirements there, and that became a big, a big debate, didn't it, for a while? Yeah. And, and we're going to have to be keeping looking at that. I think, just maybe finally, Lynn, if I might, just ask um, messages. Right? What would be your message or messages to to the social work workforce out there? I mean, because at the moment there's so many challenges around, and there's. Uh, such a, a an, an economic kind of um, restriction, if you like, on, in terms of actually spending on resources and so forth. And so the, the human touch becomes more and more important when you're actually dealing with the vulnerable. I mean, what message would you give to the workforce out there? I think my key messages are that this is a real window of opportunity for social work. Um, I think never before in my lifetime anyway have we had such a focus on having a voice for social workers within government, uh, having a new uh, investment in uh, a college. Baz was still on uh, making a big contribution. We've got ADAS and the Association of Directors of Children's Services very concerned about ensuring that social workers are supported and promoted to do the very essential and valuable job that they do. A focus now on looking at see continuing professional development arrangements and how we can make those as robust and quality assured as possible. So I think it's a real opportunity for social workers to really get strong and confident as professionals. But I think the message I have to social workers themselves is that they have with that comes their own responsibility. They have to really take hold of that and take responsibility for their own continuing professional development and for leading for their leadership role as professionals, both at as frontline practitioners and at whatever level they are within organizations to really be strong leaders for social work and uh, the difference it can make to people who benefit from social workers getting involved with them. Lynn Romeo, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Well, that was really good from Lynn. My thanks again to her. And now that BBC interview with uh, Sir Martin Neary's recommendations for the future of social work education. Uh, the training of social workers has to be improved. This according to a government commission report that's been carried out by Sir Martin Neary. He's calling for the university courses where these things are taught to be tightened up. He said that some of them offer places uh, to, uh, sorry, some of them uh, have placed little, if any, attention on the importance of focusing on the child's and the children in question. And, in fact, some institutions are far too ready to accept students with low academic qualifications. So Martin went on to say there should be much tougher minimum entry requirements. If you're 18 and you have got three A's and two A's and a B, or you're expecting really good A-levels, 
you're unlikely to want to apply to study a course where almost anybody can get on, where the entry requirements are very, very low indeed relative to other subjects. That means you divert some of the very best students from social work. Bridget Robb from the British Association of Social Workers, the BS, uh, BASW, told Shane O'Connor this morning, though, on the breakfast programme here at BBC Commentary and Washington, that those reports' findings are frustrating. We're in incredibly difficult times. The Coventry and Warwickshire, like everywhere else, uh, budgets in, in local authorities are being cut beyond belief, and that is making it incredibly difficult to provide the quality service to our children and families, which is what is really needed. Well, the former chair of the BASW is David Niven. He now trains social workers, also hosts a podcast that looks at issues facing social workers. Joins us now on BBC Coventry and Warwickshire. Mr Niven, good afternoon to you. Hello there. First of all, um, this report, do you think it's fair? I think it hits all the spots. I mean, I, I disagree with one or two things in terms of the way that Martin Leary puts emphasis on things, but I think it's something that's uh, it's not bad for debate. I, I, I think... Social work education is uh, um, it's an evolutionary thing. You know, it's a step-by-step. It's been improving now for the last sort of 20 or 30 years. Mm. And anything that provokes a further improvement is okay by me. So um, you agree with him that actually there should be tougher minimum entry requirements. Some He was saying that some of these university courses place little, if any, attention on the importance of focusing on children. I think I think there are very few but, that do that, but... If there are, I think that should be challenged and they should be made to, to fully explain what their entry, why their, their entry requirements are so academically um, slim. Mm. On the other hand, uh, listening to that clip earlier on that Martin Neary was saying, you know, in his presentation of the report about 18-year-olds yes. and so forth coming out, would they want to sit beside somebody that had sort of just two A-levels or something like that? Well... I mean, it very much depends on the quality of the people because social work is, yes, about being um, trained, about being academically stretched, about understanding lots of different things and how to make best judgments about people, you know, mm. whether it's um, sociology or whether it's psychology, whether it's social policy, whether it's all sorts of different ways, all sorts of different academic uh, rigors. But at the same time, I would also say it should be uh, attracting people who've got good life experience as well as all of that ability to learn. And I suppose it is one of those jobs, isn't it, that requires both of those skill sets? Exactly. And that's why I'm saying it's evolutionary because, you know, there's been times in the past where, you know, people have kind of been saying, oh, no, 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 it should be just sort of, you know, the creme de la creme in terms of academic achievement. And other times people are saying, well, no, it doesn't really matter. They could come in there with one O-level as long as they've had a life, you know. Mm. And neither of these are right. You've got to get a balance. And it's the quality of people that you've got to, because the, the, the types of work that we're asking social workers to do these days, the complexity of judgment that we're asking them to make, really does require a very well-rounded person. And, and so anything... Anything that advances that point of view, I would agree with. I think a lot of our listeners here at BBC Commentary and Watcher, David Niven, will be very familiar with the Daniel Pelker case, who followed it closely indeed on, mm. on this programme. Yeah, we reported yeah. on, the, on, on the case proceedings every night on this programme. We'll hear this report, and obviously we heard at the time about the social workers involved in, in tracing down that report. It wasn't just the social workers, in fairness. All, all departments really sort of let that little boy down. Interpersonal skills seem to be lacking quite a lot with a lot of those individuals the assertiveness to sort of chase leads down and sort of further inquiries into the into the daniel pelker case all of that appeared to be missing do you think actually there should be more 
emphasis placed on 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 gaining interpersonal skills on be- on on social workers frankly just becoming more confident in those sort of social situations yep no harm done in improvement anywhere all round and there's nobody that couldn't do with a bit more learning in any job in any place so i mean i i, I couldn't argue against something like that in daniel's case unfortunately there was a lot of emphasis on, on the school if i remember rightly and, correct yes. uh, and to do with the the the, the, the confidence that the, the people in the school had about challenging things or, or looking into things or reporting things or whatever. And so it did illustrate the, the problems that there are in all agencies at the moment about kind of child protection and the need to improve things. But I'll ask you this. Just think about it. Any one day today, there are at least 40,000 children up and down England who are uh, uh, subject to at-risk plans. In other words, who people think that adults are at risk of abusing them and they're being prevented being abused by social workers and these other agencies. And there always are going to be cases, sadly, who slip through the net, and we want to make them fewer and fewer and fewer. But if you think about this, then 39,999 cases in children today are safer because of the quality of the staff, the quality of the workers that are going on around them. And so Martin's Nary's report today that says we should even do better, absolutely. If that just makes a difference for another child, even better. But, you know, it's an evolutionary process, a step-by-step process, making things better. We always want to get rid of anybody in any profession, social workers included, that are not up to the task. And I would be the first to say, fine, you know, take away their registration. We shouldn't want them practicing if they really aren't up to it. But on the other hand, we really have got to celebrate the real hard work of the ones that are there already. David Niven, uh, former chair of the British Association of Social Workers, thank you very much indeed. After five o'clock, we'll be asking the College of Social Workers if they think mistakes are being made by social workers because of poor training, one of the issues that's been highlighted by the Nary report today. Uh, A lack of resources, of course, has been brought into question, or maybe because some social workers are frankly just not... Up to it. By the way, uh, David's podcast I made reference to there, you can uh, have a listen to at socialworldpodcast.com. Well, that's it again for another week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Next week, I'm sure we'll have just a packed a programme because it's, it's really exciting and the people we're actually um, meeting and talking to are proving to be fascinating and it's such a varied world, such a landscape that we've got to choose from. Just remember socialworldpodcast.com. Have a go, download on iTunes, by all means, and other podcasting sites. Please leave reviews because it helps me know what you're thinking, what you want and, and what you'd like to hear about. Uh, tweet us at, at Dave Niven. We're also on LinkedIn, and we're generally just thrilled to actually hear all your uh, thoughts and your opinions coming forward. So until next week, until next podcast, my grateful thanks to you. 